talk to God this evening and just appreciate and love on Him. And just thank Him for the opportunity you have. You and I, we have great opportunity that we should be celebrating every day we wake up. As we wake up to recognize and realize that we are children of God created in His image, created in His likeness. We have every opportunity to just say, Lord, thank you. There is no one like you. We glorify your name this evening. We thank you. We appreciate you, Lord. We worship you. Who is a God like you that pardoneth iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? We thank you. We honor you. And we worship you. Blessed be thy name, Lord, our Redeemer. We glorify your name. And we thank you. We worship you. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for your presence in our lives every day. Helping us through every hardness of life. Teaching us what the Lord Jesus has taught us and reminding us of everything that we've learned of him and from him. We thank you, Spirit of the living God, tonight as you again strengthen us. Strengthen our minds, strengthen our heart with your word, your engrafted word that give it life unto our body. We appreciate you tonight and we say just thank you. We just want to say thank you. Blessed be thy name in the highest as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, let's be seated. Thank you for joining tonight. Um, we're just going to, um, we I'm just going to read the book of Matthew, chapter 5, tonight, and I, you know, just quickly do a recap on what we did last Sunday. We talk about reflecting the nature of God. We talk about um, reiterate the fact that God indeed meant business when he said he was creating us in his likeness and his image, and we also reiterated the fact that he actually did that that we, are, we were made in the likeness and the nature of God, and that the nature of God is in us, is residing in us, as we read in the scriptures, as long as we have accepted him. The Bible says he lives inside of us, and the nature of God is in us, and it's reactivated in us as soon as Jesus comes inside of us. But there is one analogy, and I think we are familiar with that. For example, if you um, go to the zoo, for example, and you look at the lion, um, or even around us, if we look at, well, let's use lion because lion is a very ferocious animal. Lion is tagged as the king of the jungle. And the reason is because God endowed lion with some un un uh, uncommon ability. So the lion, um, in terms of speed, uh, any animal that would beat the lion, uh, there are not very many. So God gave the lion the ability of speed. So when he's hunting the prey, he, they will run and run and run, and at the end of the day, he's going to get that prey. Then God gave the lion several other abilities, like the 
you know, the, den uh, the, the dention, if you look at the, uh, the carnivores in its mouth, or whatever they call it, what do they call it? They are carnivorous, so I think they call the, they have a special name for the, yes, very sharp. And then if you look at the paw, so God endowed the lion with, you know, this ability to be able to rule in the jungle. But do you know that the lioness, when there is a lioness in the den of lion, the lioness do have the same capability, the same natural endowment. Everything that made a lion a lion is already in the lioness. But a lioness cannot hunt a prey, cannot rule the jungle, even though all those abilities are right inside of it. It takes practice for the lioness to mature, to develop the ability that is in, 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 in it to the extent wherein it will be able to rule in the jungle, run after a prey, you know, and, and uh, catch a prey. And if you look at the lioness when it's growing up, how does the lioness develop? Those innate ability, those capabilities that God has already put in, in them. How do they develop? It's just simple, but by interacting with other lioness. Interacting with sibling lions, mother lion, uh, and daddy lion. Is, is that correct? That's what they do. And you see them as they're interacting, you know, he's developing his feet, they bite, you know, they, they kick, they do all kinds of things. And in that process, is developing all the natural ability that God has already put there. They were not mature at that point, but due to that interaction with the sibling lions, the mother lion, the daddy lion, the lioness continues to develop and continue to mature. And all the capabilities that God has endowed it with, we continue to come up. Amen? So when God created us and gave us, or, or created us with that, with his nature, it's the same thing. You know, we don't get to manifest everything at once. No. It is through the interaction with brothers and sisters, starting with the Lord Jesus Christ. As we interact with the Lord Jesus Christ, as we interact with one another, those nature of God that is in us were meant to be matured, were meant to be developed. But unfortunately, I think maybe for whatever reason, we are not um, fast enough. I don't think the, the case is that we don't know. I think we do know. But we are not fast enough in learning. You know, first in learning um, alongside Jesus Christ and first in learning from one another. For example, if we, if we step on, <laughs> on each other, you know, we, we take it the wrong way. We bite each other, we, we really get mad. Um, but those stepping are just synonymous to when the lioness is biting the mother or biting the other sibling to develop its capability. So, the animals, they do that, but human beings, we don't get it. 
We get really mad, and what do we do? We isolate each other. But when you look at the lion, they don't do that in their colony. No. They continue to do that. Even the dogs. I think we see dogs, you know, you know when they're playing and they're you know, running, biting each other and all of the kind of things. So what I'm saying is it is going to take constant practice, constant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, with brothers and sisters, and with unbelievers for us to mature the capability of God that is in us, the, the nature of God that is in us. Amen? And as we read last Sunday, there are two key things that we can learn, you know, that God said we should learn to live graciously and generously towards other people. And that, those are the key. As long as we key into that, you know, when I, you step or I step on your toe, because you are living graciously, you know, towards me, it's not going to be an issue. It's going to be an opportunity to learn and grow as opposed to what it is leading to today in the body of Christ or in our family or in our home or in a place of work, right? And so when we learn that, we realize that the nature of God that is in us is definitely going to come out. God cannot lie. Right? As we live generously, we're living our life generously and graciously. Those two things are always a demand that the word or the relationship you are into, we always ask for. It's going to demand your generosity. It's going to demand your graciousness. And as long as we're able to learn from Jesus and give those, guess what? the other person is able to see God. The reason the world is not seeing God today is because of Christians. Most people will tell you, well, not most people, majority that I've heard from, they say, I don't have problem with God. I have problem with his followers. Have you heard that? Because they're not seeing God in us. They heard about God. They understand what, who God should be. And they expect the followers to be like him. He says, I don't have a problem with God. I just have a problem with his dickhead followers. I've had this several times, especially in the place of work. Amen? And that's what God is driving us towards. So that we can begin to reflect that nature. And the way we do that is by maturing. It's already in us. We just have to know that we need to mature it. Amen? And so that's the key. And as, as I continue to study the creation, I mentioned something on Sunday. I didn't have time to elaborate on it again. When we look at that word in Genesis, chapter 1 in verse 26 through 28, we see that there are, well, actually there are four things that we need to pay attention to. The first thing is the key word we've been saying that God created us in his image and in his likeness. And he said he wanted us to reflect that image. So it is in us, but he wanted us to reflect it. He wanted the world to see it. This is the second thing. 
That's the reflecting the nature that we're talking about. It's the second order of creation. The third thing is that God actually pronounced blessing on us. He pronounced blessing on the man he created in his likeness that is reflecting his image. That man is caused to be blessed. Is bound to be blessed. And that is the man that God said, prosper. Prosperity means increase. In everything you do, God pronounced prosperity. He said, prosper. Reproduce. Fill the earth. Multiplication. And be in charge. Everywhere I have worked, I've always used this word to challenge God. I'm not yet in charge here. And being in charge don't necessarily mean you have to be the boss. No. No, that's not what God is really saying. It is a partnership, responsible partnership. To be in charge means I am in partnership with God and God is count, can count on me here. Because as human beings, we don't have anything. It's him. He wants me to occupy that place for him. That's how I can be in charge. And my influence can begin to demonstrate God so God can touch life. Amen? So, we'll read. So, four things that we need to pay attention to. We have his likeness and his image, and he wants us to reflect it, that nature. He wants us to reflect it. If it's not constant in our mind, like I said, it's not an automation. It is not going to happen by automation. Now, now, just like a baby, even though he has been created with ability to walk, doesn't just stand up and walk, the mother, I mean, even, even when he does that or she does that, did you notice the mother will still have to help? Or the sibling? So there is a learning curve, is what I'm saying. In order to manifest the nature of God, there is a learning curve. It is by practice. It is already in us, but we need to practice and mature in it. That's why Jesus said, learn of me. Learn of me. So the constant interaction between us and the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the brothers and sisters in the church, our husbands, our wives, our siblings, you know, our children, it is the schoolmaster where we mature in demonstrating the nature of God. And the key is live graciously and generously in all of those relationships. As we continue to do that and it's ringing in our heart and we continue to remember that I need to reflect the nature of God because that's who I am. I'm created in his image, in his likeness, and I need to reflect that image. It has to be a constant reminder. And the Holy Spirit is there to remind us, amen? So those four things, they are very critical. So in reflecting the image, I put some things down, three things that I think we should do. First is to is to pray, to pray for the spirit of knowledge and revelation of Jesus Christ. Pray for the understanding of his love for us. We need to constantly pray 
for that. The second thing is we need to embrace that love. We need to accept it. We need to embrace it. Like we read in, in, in Romans, God said there is nothing on earth that can wave a wedge between us and his love. We need to accept it. We just need to, I mean, once and for once, and just accept it. It's the truth. Nothing on earth can separate us from the love of Christ, according to King James. Amen? So we need to accept the third thing is we need to consciously practice this nature. I can't say it enough. We need to constantly practice it. My wife came back from work, I think, maybe Monday or so. Well, Monday, I don't remember the date. And she was telling me about how a girl at a job um, behaved very unruly, disrespectfully. And so she said she <laughs> did what she had to do. And uh, then she came back to ask her, you know, what is the problem? Why do you have to be so disrespectful after doing the work? So she didn't complain. She went ahead and, and do it. And so she was telling me, and, you know, after the third, and I said, okay. And I saw, you know, the women's story. So the girl said, blah, 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 and all of that. And I said, okay. I said, well, you did the right thing, but it was just not enough. So, and I told my wife that, that's a candidate for help. See, as children of God, we don't ask for respect. We give it. Live generously and graciously towards others. Because that is the only way they are going to see God. Somebody, you already know, she's disrespectful. So you want her to manufacture what she doesn't have? That's a need in her life that God is calling you to meet. That's the way it works. That's what God created us for. What is lacking in the world is in us. Because it is in God. God sent us here to supply it. We are suppliers. Unfortunately, we want to be consumers. That's why he said in Matthew chapter 5 that we unfortunately might not be able to read again. If you lose your softness, the world around you cannot taste godliness. I mean, think about that. God is saying the only way the world can taste godliness is for me being sweet. If I lose my seasoning or my sweetness, the world cannot taste godliness. Does that challenge you? That bothers me a lot. That bothers me a lot. Do you know I learned this several years ago? <laughs> 
when I was in, in elementary school. Ah, I used to fight. Ah, you fight me and I don't beat you? Oh my God, you're going to fight all your life. Because we will repeat it over and over and over until I beat you. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like a terrorist <laughs> when I was a child. Yeah. <laughs> there was a time, you know, in those days, there used to be inspectors. Some of us that came from Nigeria, you, you know, inspectors would come to school to inspect the school. When they are coming, everybody is like, I was so rascally. My father was a headmaster, so that used to get to my head. So the day the inspector was coming, every child should behave. Every student should behave. Not me. So I was doing my thing. I sat on the window. I refused to sit on the seat. Tisha was talking and talking. The inspector is coming today, blah, 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 blah. Well, the inspector showed up earlier than expected. And as he was coming, he saw a boy sitting on the window. The inspector took me, you know, in, he was walking on the corridor. I was back in the corridor, you know, facing the teacher. He just took me from behind to the corridor. And there was a tree close by, and you know, the guy was a very short guy. He jumped up and caught a stick of, uh, out of the tree and flogged me. Uh, nobody flogged me. My teacher don't flog me. So who is this guy? Flogged me. Oh, I cry, I cry, I cry, I cry. So no, 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 no. I went around and I gathered my stone like David. And I, and I, began, to, I began to fling David's stones. Stony inspector. <laughs> the whole school was in disarray. <laughs> you know what that means to the school? I ruined the entire school preparation for inspection. I've been a rascal boy. <laughs> ah, they called the, you know, the senior student to get me. Now I'm gone. I ran. And I, they won't see me in this, at the school <laughs> in the next two weeks. <laughs> so anytime I fight at school, you don't beat me. But I was a very good student of the Bible. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. I read it like you drink daily coffee. Yeah. I re read the scriptures. It's the only literature, it's the only book that I read. I mean, but 
I live exactly opposite of everything there. Amen? So one day, God spoke to me as a child, and I didn't understand that scripture. That um, this, you know, where it says you're the salt of the world. It's in King James Version, though nobody knows any other version in those days. And then, all of a sudden, it makes sense to me. The last boy I fought, I went to apologize to him. That, okay, I said defeat. We are not, not, no rematch. No more rematch. <laughs> Amen? As a child. So from that moment on, oh, that was the last day I ever had a physical, he was the last person I had a fit, physical feast with. So when I, you know, began to grow up, that scripture never left me. So I understand what it means to be sweet. So that's why it looks like, you see me, this smile is always there. I just learned there that I am a salt, I'm sweetness, and I grew with it. Amen? So I believe that God indeed knows what he is doing. So he put his nature in us because the world around us would not have it, and we are the producer, we are the supplier, we are to supply it. Not to take it. And so we need to develop that ability because it's already in there. Every child of God already has it. We have it. All we need to do is to know that we have to constantly practice. Constantly practice. When we miss it, we don't have to begin to walk around with guilt. No. You already told you. Nothing. Nothing can wade a wedge between his love and you. No. It's a learning curve. Take it. Take the correction. Make the necessary adjustment. That's all we need to do. Move freely and begin to show the world who God is. Amen? Because today, um, all we hear is, mm, I don't have problem with God, but I have problem with his followers because they don't look like him. You know, and you've been wondering, how do they know? Yeah, because they've heard. They just don't have a relationship with God, but they've heard about God. And then they're expecting to see God, you know, in those that are following him, which is exactly what God also planned. Amen? So, but if we have time, let's read that book of Matthew. But I want to read verse 9, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. We can start from verse 1. I thought we were going to read from verse 1, but I think my story um, took the time already. So I'm reading from verse 9, Matthew chapter 5. And here is the reason why I'm, you know, just because on the heel of the story. He said, you are blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. 
So rather than compete, you're helping people to cooperate as we live generously and live graciously towards people. That's, what, that's the result. Verse 10, you are blessed. When your commitment to God provokes persecution, the persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourself blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too closed for comfort and they are uncomfortable. Can you see how God is helping us to reason? You can be glad when that happens. Give a share even. This kind of place where I say, pop a champagne. For though they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds. And know that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. See, this is, this is why God is trying, he's trying to paint a picture to us. And he understands everything we go through. These are the reality. These are what we face with on a daily basis. Someone lying against you. Someone putting you down. Someone misusing you. Misunderstand you. Those are the realities of life. And he is telling us it's normal. You are not alone. You are in good company. So getting into this kind of trouble, God says you should celebrate it. The opposite of what we do. I mean, how do you celebrate when someone, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it takes a conscious effort and accepting whatever Jesus tells you to do that. It's not going to happen by automation. We have to be conscious of it and we just have to accept it because our master said so. Amen? And that's where we see that because the major hurdle one of the biggest, not the only one, one of the biggest hurdles of manifesting the nature of God is this. Because the people that God wants his nature to be manifested to or reflected to are the others. Correct? And they are the ones that will hurt you. They are the ones that will lie against you. They are the ones that are going to despise you. They're the ones that are going to step on you, you know, use you. And they are the same candidate that God wants us to demonstrate and reflect his nature. They're the same candidates that God is expecting that they will see me when they do all these things through you. Because as they do it to you, you reflect my nature. You live towards them generously, and you live towards them graciously, just like I will have done. And then they will see God. 
It means that every time I do the reverse, I'm acting dumb. Because the reverse is also true. They will never see God. They will never see God. And I want them to see God. We want them to see God. We want people to see God. We want people to taste what we've tasted. But it's going to take us becoming the sacrificial lamb, just like he's saying here now. Say, can't it all joy? Amen? So it is not something that is going to happen by an automation. So all these things Jesus is teaching us so as to help us to mature, to mature. Amen? I'm going to read the last one, and we'll pray. We read verse 13 last Sunday. He said, let me tell you why you are here. Every time I look at that, you know, how, how we struggle with that question, how, why are we here? He said, let me tell you why we are here. Just like he said to Noor in Genesis chapter 9. He said, you are here to lavish life on the earth. So he's saying here, you are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God's flavor on this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and we end up in the garbage. Look at the next verse. Verse 14. Here is another way to put, put it. Uh, actually, not the next one. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the word. Now, let me, uh, yeah, let's just read that through. God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under the bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Now, keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You will prompt people to open up with God. This generous father in heaven. Can you see? It's almost, I don't know if you have, if you have, if you have noticed that. Everything God planned to do on earth, he's counting on us. It's like everything is, he's counting on us. By you opening up, can you, can you see that? He said by opening up to others, you will prompt people to open up with God. So everything we do, every of our activities, every of our action, God ties it to the kingdom purpose. And unless we are conscious, unless we are constantly allowing the Holy Spirit to help us, I guarantee you the world will remain the way it is. Nothing will change. But God we make his work come to true one way or the other. So we need to just, you know, embrace who we are. We are light bearers. 
We are the channel through which God is going to reach the earth. We are the seasoning to bring God's flavor out of every man, every woman, every relationship we find ourselves in. That's who we are. It is the truth that we need to embrace and just cooperate with God so God can complete what he had in plan for us. Amen. Any question before we pray? Question? Question? Amen. Let's rise and pray. Let's rise and pray. Let's just thank God for his word. If there is anything that I would love us to pray for is that the Holy Spirit we make this an indelible print in our hearts, reminding us constantly, every moment, every hour, every day, wherever we go, whatever we're doing, that God expects for us to live generously and graciously towards every man on earth, regardless of what they do, their color, where they came from, whatever they are, that the Holy Spirit will help us, constantly reminding us, helping us in every step of the way, in every relationship we find ourselves in, family, friend, colleague, church, wherever, that the Holy Spirit will help us to reflect the nature of God by living generously and graciously towards others. They will hurt us. They will despise us sometimes. They will step on our toes. They will lie against us. They will do all these things. But guess what? God says, as we reflect his nature, as we live towards them reflecting his nature, then he can reach out to them. Because we will be showing them God and then you are opening them up to God to reach them. Amen? That's the strategy. See, we spend so much time preaching. We spend so much time giving people track. We spend so much time doing evangelism. We spend so much time doing mission. We do all these things. But the strategy of God is simple. You are the equipment. If we live constantly reminding ourselves and reflecting his nature and continue to mature. Again, it's not a one-day thing. Continue to mature in it. As long as it's constant in our heart, continue to mature in it. Continue to mature in it. That's the strategy God designed from the beginning. And it is the only strategy that will work. Amen? Let's talk to God. That God let your Holy Spirit continue to ring an alarm in my heart. Everywhere I go, everything I do, as I relate with people, at my, in my family, at my church, at my place of work, wherever I go in the marketplace, Holy Spirit continue to help me to mature. And living graciously and living generously towards others the way God lives towards me. 
That's a prayer. That God will help us, reminding us every day to reflect his nature by living generously and graciously towards others, just the way he lives towards us. The Bible said, if the Lord shall mark iniquity, who shall stand? Lord, help me to live towards others the way you live towards me. Help me to live towards every human being that I encounter on earth the way you live towards me. That I may reflect your nature according to your word. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We glorify your name. We exalt you. Be thou exalted. Be thou magnified. Let your word that you have sent unto us become grammar in our heart. And wherever we go, the man will see you. We will not lose our seasoning. We will not lose our sweetness. Men will taste godliness. We will not be useless. But we are useful in your end. Because you have equipped us with your very nature. Thank you. For every need in our life, you have met. Every need, Lord Jesus, you have met. In the name of Jesus. Whatever that needs is, it has a name. And at the name of Jesus, you are meeting those needs. And so, Lord, we want to meet your need. We want to meet your need just like you have met our needs. In the name of Jesus. We thank you. As we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's say the grace in fellowship. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God. The sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen.